Now we're going to learn how Mark flirts with women. Yeah. This I, is, this is going to be telling. I just wrote the word thanatology, which means the study of death. And he was like, all right, that's fine. And he moved on. <laughs> Yet again? I mean, the ladies. <laughs> they're Yet like, wow. Again. That vocabulary. <laughs> This is yet again. I know you're shocked. A constant refrain in this podcast, which is how the fuck did Mark ever get laid? Well, not from Lisa Offley. <laughs> <laughs> she went and dated some senior. Well, after. <laughs> I mean, I can imagine she ran screaming like, from that yeah, class. She's like, wow. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Gen Extemporaneous. This is a podcast where I come up with an idea, I do some research, I grab a bottle of wine, I bring everything to Mark, and he pontificates. Tonight, we are discussing Ted Lasso, toxic positivity, and whether or not Ted Lasso is an effective coach. We thank you very much for coming and listening to us each week. We really appreciate your support. Please come and find us on social media pretty much everywhere. Our Facebook group is the liveliest. We have Instagram. We have Twitter. We have a TikTok, which is mine, Christina Gen X. Hi, Mark Snedeker. Hello, Christina LaRusso. Um, just wanted to give a quick reminder to our audience that the tickets for Gen X Temp Con are going fast. Uh, they're only $345 each. <laughs> um, so get them while they last. Uh, we'll be doing some uh, poster signings. Uh, we'll be recreating famous scenes from our past podcasts, <laughs> oh especially boob juice. That'll be the best one, I think. We can't even get our new logos Done. Look, there's no way. There's a that logo. There's, a, there's a logo. <laughs> the Facebook banner logo uh -huh, is done. Uh -huh. well, you know, I know. I'm dealing with you know third party contractors. It's very uh, difficult. Well, I mean, yeah, especially help. when you don't actually email them. Well, I mean, look, they should have intuited that what I would want would be a whole series of logos in the various formats. I okay. Well, anyway, Mark, quickly, hot take on. Ted Lasso. Greatest show of all time. Unparalleled. Wow. That's a, that's no, saying I, a lot. I mean, it's a very good show. I don't know if it's the greatest of all time. Will, remains to be seen. Best show since MASH. No, I don't know. Um, so I'm a big fan mm -hmm. of the Ted Lasso, yep. as you well know, because I like football. Mm -hmm. proper, proper football. Fo proper football. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I like proper football. I came here for proper football. <laughs> now I've got Christina doing <laughs> the Tom Hardy voice. Uh, I so, don't do it nearly as well, well as you do. That's all right, but it's much funnier when you do <laughs> Um So I love football. I like Jason Sudoku. Sudeikis. And uh, I like positivity, as oh, you well know. Oh, well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> you think I'm this curmudgeonly cynic, but no, I'm a sunshine. You are actually a positive person. Hot take. Uh, American gets hired to run a Premier League football club, mm -hmm. mid-table, nothing special. Uh, the owner is trying to run it into the ground, so she hires an American to coach it. He ends up not being a complete disaster, but they still get relegated. Here we are, season two. She's trying to run it into the ground in the first season because she's divorced and she's she's she got, she won the club in the settlement and her husband is she's trying to get back at him. Everyone, we there's going to be a probably some spoilers in this. It's not going to be no, no, too. No. We're not going to go too deep into what's the storyline or right. anything like Watch that. Watch the fucking show. Watch it. We really it's such a great show. But but what we wanted to do was explore 
if you if you recall last week's episode, we were talking about Yacht Rock, and I made the observation <laughs> allegedly that <laughs> Yacht Rock was the Ted Lasso of music. Right, because it's easy, easy to, to inoffensive, ha- generally just, positive, positive, kind of, funny. Really, it's yeah, it goes it's down. Quite, it's smooth. It is. It's and sm- it goes down. Easy. It is smooth. Yeah, it is smooth. And remember what we said about yacht rock. If it's not smooth, man overboard. Man overboard. <laughs> right. You're off the boat. <laughs> anyway, take um, that, Peter Cetera. <laughs> Suck it, Kenny Loggins. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about toxic positivity. And Are you sure that's even a thing? No, it really is. And one of the things I think that we need to say about Ted Lasso is that the character is unfailingly positive. He is. And w- the question is, is is he just that positive or is there yeah. something else w- at work? And I think as we're going through it's the like, seasons- Like, hey guys, we lost that game, but it's Sam's birthday, so let's party. <laughs> let's party and have cake. Yeah. We can, have, <laughs> um, we can sing songs, do some break dancing, whatever. <laughs> he's in this situation where he's definitely a fish out of water and they don't like him. You know, they, they come in, he's his, the crowds do not initially, like him. Ini- yeah. Right, initially. So everybody's yeah. sort of skeptical. Yeah. The press doesn't like him. Can't phase Fans him. do not like him. Nothing phases him. His boss. 30,000 is- people chanting. Chris, did you ever play under an American manager? Never did, Arlo. Wouldn't have minded it. I do speak the language. by new owner Rebecca Welton. Does she know something we don't? Give him a chance. Yeah, and he's like, oh, that's fun. You that's know. fine. I like that. Is Wanker bad? Oh, it is? Okay. So, uh, this is my Ted Lasso impression. Is there one great? Here we are again. You, like, you think they like? Yeah, I think they have the head motion now. You think they like that? Oh, they do. Okay, good. yeah, you do. Now. You've got it. That's pretty good. So he's kind of this just unfailingly positive guy. And now, are we still talking about me? No, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. So yes. we end up with uh, the first season just positive throughout. He starts to show some cracks. Actually, if you go back, episode two wasn't by it? episode two, you start to see that there's something that's there's a, some kind some, of that, nervousness, some or nervousness or something. So anxiety or. But he he does a very good cover, and now Ted is himself in the process of getting a divorce. And he's kind of masking his feelings about that behind this effervescent, really positive. Just yeah. yeah. So, um, so as I was watching it, I started thinking about toxic positivity. I don't even know why that's a thing. Well, it is, and like Barney, maybe. Okay, so this is Kendra Cherry writing. It's an article called "What Is Toxic Positivity," and she says it's the belief that no matter how dire or difficult a situation is, people should maintain a positive mindset. It's a good vibes only approach to life. And while there are benefits to being an optimist, engaging in positive thinking, toxic positivity instead rejects difficult emotions in favor of cheerful, often yes, false. Yes. Yes. positive Excellent. Facade. Great. Fake it till you make it, baby. Well, the problem is... If what? you're sad, you know, just tell a joke. Okay. So the problem is that life isn't always positive. Are you and, sure? Uh, <laughs> yes, I can speak <laughs> like, mm, some pretty experience. Pretty sure, yeah. I have some practical experience All with right. some tough times that I've you know been going through. But 
Um, Can you find a silver lining? <laughs> well, they're always. See, the thing is, is that you can't. You can't rig it. You, if you have something that's tough that's going on, you can be positive within that framework, but you also have to allow yourself to have those feelings of like, God, you know, this is really hard and I'm sad. And you can't have people coming up to you saying, Hey, get over it or just put a smile on your face. Everything's going to be fine because that is not how eventually it's going to come out. Eventually you're going to have to deal with it. So you might as well deal with it honestly and openly right at, right up front and just go through it then have it come out sideways two months two years Ooh, that three sounds years. painful <laughs> well it can be right? so story time okay you ready yes when i was in high school oh okay <laughs> you'd be excited <laughs> wait a minute okay go ahead i took sociology now this is back a long time ago this was back in the 80s so there mm-hmm. weren't a lot of like wacky electives that you could take in uh-huh. high school no but you found one i found one i was like <laughs> sociology that sounds interesting mm-hmm so I don't remember what the fuck the teacher's name was, Ed something or other. Mm-hmm. And he would say, when sometimes when you're confronted with something bad, yes. and, he's like, and he probably said like, when you're confronted with something bad, man, you just have to get into how bad it is. Yes. Right? Like don't, you know, run away from it. Don't, you're not celebrating it necessarily, but you're like, wow, this is really low. Right. This is bad. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say, you know what? This is probably one of the worst things that's ever happened. And you just, he says, just get into the badness. Yeah. And that's how you get through it. It's exactly true. And so just as a, just to, to kind of piggyback on that, toxic positivity can take a variety of forms. There are different ways that people can be toxically positive. Um, one is when something bad happens like if you lose your job or whatever, people will say to you, just look on the bright side or everything happens for a reason. Oh, I thought you meant like the person who lost their job would like be high-fiving people on the way out or something. (laughs) Well, it depends, I guess, on how well you liked your job. do the hustle on the way out. That's too bad we don't have That's a good move. I would do that. If I ever get fired, I'm going to hustle my way out of... Out of the no, store, office, whatever. That I know you would never do because no, you would, I'd be you real would be mad. <laughs> I'd be you real be mad. You would not have. I'm like motherfuckers. Let me tell you how much, how far you are beneath me. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what would go on. I am so superior how, to all of you peasants. How dare you? How dare you? Don't you know? Question I, my worth. Don't you? Know? I have a podcast for God's sake. <laughs> Don't you know who I am? I know. Um, uh, no, but so the, so a lot of times people will say things like just stay positive or you're, right. you know, it's going to yeah. be, you know, but or, really. Uh, here's my least favorite of all time. Everything happens for a reason. Oh, right. Yeah. I, okay. Everything has a cause. That's true. But there's not always some grand plan to explain why, uh, you know, my my tire blew out. Here, let me say this, though, about oh, everything can go. happen for or everything happens for a reason. The thing about that is. You can retcon. Everything does happen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ultimately, you can can always go back and and tell yourself a story "Ah." about that. Well, the narrative is the narrative. No, it's not the no. no. The narrative is, see, first of all, when we retcon, when we go back and we tell ourselves a story about what happened in the past, 80% of that is inaccurate, right? We don't, we have very selective and often distorted memories of how things happen, but we tell ourselves these stories. So that we can progress, which is fine. I think that's a healthy enough thing, but it's a mistake to think that they're true. 
Well, you have to believe that they're true in no, order you don't. to progress. You want to say, okay, I'm just going to tell myself I a suspend, little lie. I suspend disbelief. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to tell myself. Right. So you're suspending disbelief, which means you're believing in what you're saying. Right. But the meta mark knows. He knows it's not real. Whatever, Mark. The mark God. that floats above us all. Oh, okay. the <laughs> <In> superior. <judgment. laughs> the Uber mark. Yes, the Uber mark. I like that better than the meta mark. Okay. <laughs> the Uber mark knows that ultimately we're telling ourselves these little polite fictions so that we can progress and move on, right? But often that's all they are is just fictions. We say, oh, well, that happened so that I would meet my future girlfriend or whatever. But that's not why that happened. It just happened. And you happen to also meet your future girlfriend. But that's not there was no grand universal plan to make that happen. That's just how things happen. Your future girlfriend is going to be so disappointed in well, how un- maybe she will or maybe un- she romantic- won't. <laughs> well, I don't know. Don't pass her any notes, though, dude. That's oh, all. Yeah. I- <laughs> I'm like, would you like to talk about the study of death? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I know. I exactly. guess the, the See? right kind of See? girl. Exactly. You're like, huh? You well, know what? You had my attention. Now you have my interest. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's get back to this. So you're not wrong that, that people will say will say these things. And what that ends up doing is annoying the fuck out of you. Well, it invalidates it. It, it can shut people down from talking about things that yeah. they really need to talk about. You no, know another bad one. Mm-mm. He's in a better place now. <laughs> that's not horrible that is a it's a terrible it's a terrible or yeah it minimizes your grief especially when it comes to death yeah it's, well i mean that's all, all, usually the time they t- i guess they might also say that if you'd like if he moved to move to like greece or and something, then in right? fact he, he actually is, is in a better place, place. yeah uh, he's in that cool little place with all the colorful buildings with and the, the white know, buildings and yeah, the blue and the whole, all and the, the blue and the blue water and the cliffside and thing. the blue roofs yes that's right yes so yes he would actually be in a better place yes but when they say that what they really mean is you know uh he's dead but it's cool because he's glad to be yeah especially you know i always think that's especially insensitive uh because you one don't know if someone believes that right and two especially if spoiler alert i do not if it's a child (laughs) yeah you know that's also i just said that's horrifying you're basically trying to keep them from you're not allowing them to have grief right right and the other thing that you're doing is you're avoiding the discomfort of having to deal with somebody else's sad emotions right because, because it's very you're hard. deflecting you're like oh my god you're crying uh don't worry he's in a better place or you know things will work out in the end yeah like and then well, maybe they will maybe they won't can we just move on past this and yeah. focus on something yeah that's can we just talk pleasant? about this amazing casserole i brought you <laughs> <Yes>. um and <laughs> it's got tuna. and then another one is when you express disappointment or sadness, someone tells you that happiness is a choice. Oh, right. Just cheer up. Just cheer Depressed up. Depressed person. Yeah. You know? I mean, terribly harmful, terribly harmful, especially yeah. in the face of somebody who is in a in a position where they might be thinking about self-harm. Yeah. Like, hey, Robert Smith, cheer up, bro. Well, Robert Smith really should. He should cheer up a little bit because he's a it's multi-millionaire. Not really even, it's not even Robert Smith so much. Robert Smith isn't as depressed as like Morrissey. Morrissey, yeah. Morrissey is really the one. That Honestly, you... I'm fine with Morrissey being a little depressed. I mean, after all, he's kind he of, has really yeah. gone around the bend. Yeah, all right. So yeah. um, so people are well-intentioned in saying such things, but it doesn't always work the way. So yes, why... it's what I call well but stupid intention. <laughs> why <laughs> is made that up. why is it why is it dangerous to be doing toxic well, to, because to be of course, being so positive? You're really just pretending that these feelings aren't real, mm-hmm. right? You're trying to just push them down, sublimate them, swallow them, 
mm-hmm. and eventually they're you know bad feelings like that have a tendency to find their way back up to the top mm-hmm. and uh, make themselves manifest at inconvenient times. Right. And right? So that's exactly right. That's what I said. So like, if you don't deal with it now, you're going to deal with it. When I lost Stu, I read a lot. And of course I've been through a lot of people dying in my life. And when, but I was reading a lot about it and, and it, you know, to an article, to a book, they, they all said the same thing. You cannot rig this. You have got to right. Just There's go through no it. There's no trick to get no, out of it. You're gonna feel this pain, and the, the the blessing I think around grief is that you end up in the first couple of weeks, even maybe even the first month, you are still in shock. Even if you know it's coming, oh, absolutely, you're, you, you're it's in still shock. the realization that it happened. And you and I think that's but I think that that's some some sort of self-preservation, because I think if you could really feel that intense, intense pain for all that it is right in that moment, it's it could be very just impossible. To, it yeah. would be just overwhelming. Um, and, and then there's you know, you get a little space and then you're not in shock anymore. Yeah. And then you start really having to feel that pain. And, the, you know, a lot of people can't deal with it can't yeah. just sit with the pain they have to do things like self-medicate right or oh that's cool too yeah no that's, no, not, that's not cool <laughs> no, that's not cool because it, it it prevents you from actually getting through yeah the process and so the, you're saying if i'm like in full denial i might get a call from elizabeth kubler ross and say no, no, no. It's, it's all going to happen. I wrote it down in the little paper. Right. Dabda is on its way. Yeah. Well, you're going to, and you're going to cycle through all of those, all of those emotions and all of those sort now, of stages of grief. is it wrong grief. though to go through the duh of Dabda? Those stages of grief were set up to describe the dying process so that when someone discovers that they're dying, they go through I'm a period of denial. I'm just willy-nilly I know. No, I you are. People still do. But it's easier to be in denial about the fact that you're dying than it is to be in denial about the fact that someone is dead. So after that, after the someone dies, you end up in that shocky phase, and then all of a sudden you start coming out of it, and you start feeling those fe- those right. deeper feelings, right. and it's uh it's a process. And if someone had said to me while I was going through that, cheer you know, up, cheer up, yeah, you're like fuck you, what the hell, you I'll know, punch you right in the <laughs> fucking eye. How's that? <laughs> you then che- you cheer up, you cheer up, yeah. um. Uh, so, so that's, that's, but you have to do it. And if you don't do it, you're still going to do it. It's just going to take you longer to get there. Right, and so they, they say, you will get through it faster if you allow yourself to feel the feelings. Is it true that if you procrastinate long enough, everything is, comes out okay? No. Are you sure? I am positive <laughs> that you have to feel those feelings. They will come out. You'll you'll end up dealing with what the grief. What if you deal with them 30 or 40 years later? <laughs> well, you've been dealing with them then for the whole time, and you've been oh. making people miserable around you. You're probably well, unfit for any kind of other relationships or anything like that. I mean, but, but is that my problem? <laughs> I mean, all right. So here's why it's harmful. It shames people. Toxic positivity ah. can can cause makes you feel bad for feeling bad for feeling bad, right? So they need to know people need to have their feelings validated. Yeah, I mean, in in healthy situations, the 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 thing is is that you're just postponing the negative, really, or the you're just postponing not the negative, you're postponing the inevitable, right? So you're always you're going to get all of these things. It's just you're postponing it if you're if you're pushing it off. Um, so it co- it causes shame, it causes guilt. It says it says to people it sort of sends a message that you're if you aren't finding a way to feel positive, 
you're doing something wrong. So right. so not only then are you feeling pain or whatever the for whatever the situation is, now you're feeling guilty, now you're feeling ashamed of yourself. It avoids authentic human emotions. So if you're sad, get into the sadness. Right. right? And Just that, feel it. Exactly don't, what you said. Don't turn on, you know, turn on Robert Johnson. Don't turn to Katrina and the waves. No, but so Would you say that? You could say that, but what I would say is that you have to find a balance. There's a balance in there oh. where like you can't be, you can't know, wallow. you just can't wallow constantly because then that can just really take you down a How a, long would I have to wallow for you to say Mark just cheer up? Uh, I wouldn't say just cheer up. I would say I think <laughs> Snap it's out of I it. think it's time to go and talk to someone because would you you're say just tighten up. I don't tell you to tighten up in the face of massive grief, really sad, you know, yeah. concern or whatever else. Like when you've had hard things happen, I have not said to you tighten up, buck up. Yeah, I might do things to try and el- mitigate what you're going through, but I don't negate what you're going through. Right. Um, I'm fine. So then the the other thing is it prevents growth because really out of painful feelings and out of sadness and things like that, sometimes comes a lot of personal growth, say the end of a relationship. You mean I could be taller? <sighs> God, it's exhausting. It's <laughs> exhausting. It's exhausting. So I mentioned that it avoids authentic human emotion. Of which I might have a couple. All right. So that's where I think we pivot to Ted Lasso. Because I think that he is using some of his positivity to avoid stuff that's happening. No in his doubt life. about it. And one of the things that is happening is he's getting, you know, he's getting a divorce. So he's going through that. He's got this big change in his life. And then also he found out at the end of the first season that his boss was actually trying to undermine him undermine him she was hoping that he would fail he's got a lot of there's a lot of kind of weird stuff and and the, the fans are against him and all of that yes he's positive in the face of that but that positivity is that positivity truly positive or is he masking something and i think that what we are finding as time is going on that if at the beginning of the series he was genuinely positive let's say that's true that he was genuinely positive by now in the series certainly midway through the first season certainly start and now he is performing positivity to a large extent fake it till you make it baby right so first of all every person with a an above average sense of humor in my opinion will ultimately at some point use humor as a defense mechanism well of course they they say that the hurt hurt people become funny people yeah. That's you know comedians are really that's an and, and I am hilarious so make of that what you will. I know we're who how did, who hurt who you? Who hurt you? Did you ask us that? Ask me that in like the third episode? I don't know. You like I, I, you know, it's just hurt a, you. you're like one bad date away from being a, a flat earther. Being a flat earther. <laughs> One bad breakup. Bad breakup. Right. I mean, I think that you could take a couple of bad yeah, dates. I could take a couple of bad dates. <laughs> you see, because you find the humor in the bad dates, but no, yeah, one bad breakup. Yeah. You're you're in I'm you're flat earther. You're I'm, finding a basement. Yeah, you're moving right. to some place like, where basements so seriously, are. Antarctica is just a ring around us, bro. <laughs> it's a ring of it's an ice wall like Game of Thrones. So let's talk about Ted and his positivity and whether or not that this is making him a good coach. 
an eff- or an eff- well, not good. Let's say an effective coach is he is Ted ultimately an effective coach. First of all, I think it would be uh, it's a little bit more appropriate to ask that question in more of a Wizard of Oz sense. Oh, what like with Are you a, a voice? Good coach or a bad coach? <laughs> I knew it. I knew there you was... saw it coming. The, I knew the it train was... was. You saw the lights of the train. You were you're tied to the tracks. You couldn't get out of the way. I mean, that's just, it was just going to, you know, the, the joke train was just going to hit you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I see that you're very tolerant. This Let evening. me know when the joke part actually disembarks from the train. Oh, yeah. We're off. We're getting snacks from the vending machine. Uh-huh. That's okay. fine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so do you think, so, so being such a positive person. Yes. And he is extremely positive. He doesn't really show his, his team any kind of. Except for one Except time. Except for one time when he was led Tasso. That's right. And then he had, but it wasn't really, you know, really that negative. It was sort of a cartoonish yelling at them. Yeah. Right? And tipping over the yeah. drink table. Yeah. And, you like, know. I don't think anybody was like, oh my God, led Tasso is really an evil, you know, <laughs> yeah, person. Yeah. No one was tricked. Nobody they... was like, is that really Kylo Ren? <laughs> <laughs> no. They were like, uh, Ted Lasso is putting on a show for yeah. us and, you know, we should probably pay attention yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, um, so I don't think that fooled anybody. So, yes, I think that uh, – so what was the question again? <laughs> is he an effective coach? He is, is an po- effective coach. Is he coach. an effective coach? Now, is and he then per- one, my question is why? Yeah. Why would he be? So he's not a yes. perfect coach, mm-hmm. right? But his positivity, first of all, has already yielded very positive results for him in the United States, mm-hmm. right? He, he won a championship. That was a big deal. Yes. AFC Richmond announced the hiring of their new manager, one Theodore Ted Lasso. Of course, recently it was Coach Lasso leading the Division II Wichita State Shockers to their first ever national title in American football. He took the Shockers from a garbage program all the way to the promised land in his very first season as head coach. Right on, Ted. Do your thing, man. And good luck with the most beautiful game. He also had clearly more success at... FC Richmond. Yes. Than anyone could have expected. Yes. Right? Because his initial press conference, you know, was pretty disastrous. Uh, how about the fellow right there in the second row? I, I like your glasses. Thank you. Trent Crim, the Independence. I just want to make sure I have this right. You're an American who's never set foot in England, whose athletic success has only come at the amateur level, a second tier one at that and has now been charged with the leadership of a Premier League football club, despite clearly possessing very little knowledge of the game. You got a question in there, Trent? Yeah. Is this a fucking joke? (laughs) Thank you, Trent! I love journalists. And they just knew he didn't understand the game, and they assumed he would just fuck everything up. Right. And he only fucked some things up. Well, he, the technicalities, but that's why he has Coach Beard. So he has a he has a sidekick he has a, coach. He has a foil. The other thing that Ted, as we learned, as we learned Ted, Coach Beard is is the guy who comes with Ted. His like he's, assistant coach. He's stolid. He's realistic. He's analytical. Yes, and he studies. Yeah, you know he's, he's but he's the foil, right? I mean, right. You can't have a good main character without a foil, right? And uh, he's a good guy. But he's just more serious than Ted is, right. and, and so like eleven times more weird. So, but what, well, and and that's saying something because Ted yeah. is a little bit weird. It's pretty weird, but um, but but it's hard to. I mean, I other than covering his, you know, negative emotions, which you can certainly understand. I mean, his his wife is leaving him, and he loves her, right? Yeah, so you can understand that. But other than that, he's not really that weird. He's quirky. 
right? Because he's, you know, he's bringing his boss biscuits. He's giving people army men, which may or may not be appropriate if you lived in a uh, colonized was colonized by army men. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, so that he's not, you know, he's not weird in that sense. He's just quirky. He is quirky, but his quirkiness could really backfire. And that's where we come to the classic Greek tragedy of your strongest asset being your weakness. Right. Right. You know, whether whatever it ends up being, you know, if your strength is your greatest asset, it's ending up it's going to be your downfall Mm -hmm. or it's going to be at least your weakness. Yeah. So this is what it is. His his kind of. You know, happy-go-lucky quips and jokes and sunny disposition and everything mm-hmm. ultimately is going to be also be his weakest point, right? Because he can't deal with real emotions. He tells jokes. If When you see him in, this, in the shrink's office and he's doing that little, you know, dance where, you know, oh, I'm not comfortable here. You know, I put my feet up. Oh, no way. Mm-hmm. I'll just lay down uh, playing with the little... Uh, drinking bird on the desk, you know, the whole thing, mm-hmm. where he's just telling jokes to avoid having to have the actual conversation with the mental health professional. Right. And he is immediately on guard with her oh, as soon as she shows up on the scene. The psychologist comes on to Which the scene. Which I think scene. is a healthy uh, reaction, by <laughs> the way. <laughs> the psychologist comes on the scene because uh, the players are going through some stuff. Yeah. Um. And she's brought in to help them deal with their various sort of whatever hangups are preventing right. them from playing at their top form. Right. And Ted immediately is skeptical. He's it's he's very hostile. Fr- he's friendly. No, he's friendly to her. But hostile he's to like the idea. He's yeah. extra friendly. Yeah. He's fine with the players yeah. doing it. Right. But you can tell that he is like on his guard. Yeah, I'm fine. I don't need it. He doesn't yeah. need it. And he's like he's overly. It's like so extra. Plus, she sees it. She, the psychologist, looks at him and does not get tricked. She recognizes, like, all of this, there's something else going on underneath. I'm not 100% convinced, by the way, that she's going to be an interesting character. I think she is a device, right, to make Ted kind of face his bullshit. But I don't think she's an interesting character. Huh. See, and I do think she's interesting because she, because you said that Coach Beard is his foil, and I think she is. I think that mm. she's going to be the one that, and maybe but, foil is that, the- that would assume that she's an actual three dimensional character. Right now, she's one dimensional, coldly analytical, but also kind of caring. But that's it. There's no, she has no weaknesses. She has no nothing interesting going on with her. There's no story arc you can imagine with her to become a better therapist. She's just there to make Ted Lasso face his shit. I see. Okay, I'm going to take issue with this. No, you can if you want. Because but that's I don't. A mistake. I, I disagree with that. I think that she is an actually interesting character. She's got she's got a backstory, but it's 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 coming out slowly. I mean, she and it's very subtle. Um, like the ability for her to communicate with with the players in their own languages. So she speaks French to one, she speaks Spanish to another. Right. Um. The you know so she's so that tells me something about her character. It tells me she's very uh, useful to the plot. And no, I think she's very <laughs> useful to the team. What's her flaw? 
What do you mean? Well, I we, yet to yet to be seen. No, I do know what her flaw is. In the last episode, she is hurt and upset by the way that Ted responds. Remember, she says to him, "I don't know if she really was. I think she was just saying that to check know, him." You can't. You can't. Uh, you I have can. to take her at face. Uh, you no, have to take I that don't. that word. You can never trust shrinks. Oh, see, this is what I. Th- <laughs> everyone, you are seeing Mark now, who is paranoid about therapy. I'm not paranoid he, about it. I'm just I, I'm is, skeptical. Uh huh. And so now he's he's actually the Ted Lasso of this podcast Maybe. because you are rejecting the idea that Doctor Fieldstone is worthwhile. <laughs> All right, so Mark, your paranoia about therapy aside, whoa, I, whoa, whoa. I think that's a bit of a leap. I do believe that my she, justified skepticism. No, I think you mean she is. She is a. I think she is a fully fleshed out. Uh, well, okay, she's not fully fleshed out yet, but she has the potential, and and I think that she's obviously she's a plot. She's going to move the plot along, yeah. which is to expose like Ted's reality. To him, right. even of course, right. Yeah. So I think that that I think that that's going to happen. The question still remains: Does this positivity how how effective is it as as a coach? And he does have success. The thing that I would say about Ted, his positivity kind of makes him seem dopey. I'm gonna bathe myself in work. How about that? That's good. That's good. Now, you, uh, you got a favorite bath bomb, buddy? Oh no, no I just don't really enjoy baths. Just because my skin gets really wrinkly, and I'm I'm deeply worried about aging. Okay, I get that. Hey, what about you, Coach? You, you got a favorite bath bomb? Creme brulee, honey. Honey, is that an ingredient, or is that something you just call me right now? Ingredient. Shoot, I was kind of hoping it was the other one. Heck, but that's kind of a fun idea, though. We, we, maybe we, you know, start calling each other little pet names. You know, uh, like honey or or babe. You know, it might be nice, right? What do you think, Coach? Mm. Hey, Nate, will you do me a favor here and uh, we just help coach uh, plan practice for yeah, the day? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Thank you, sweetie. But. But he's not. He's, he's got. He's not. And I think that a lot of the players have come to see that a bit. Like, initially, they're like, oh, my God, who's this dopey fucking American, whatever. Right. But then they saw results, right? Well, they did. And and, and I think that he um, he obviously has good intentions. And I think that they see he is he's well-intentioned. And... Uh, the part partly it's funny because of course they're stoic Brits yeah. and he's in here being right. this like gregarious puppy of an of an American and um uh so so that I think Danny Rojas appreciates that <laughs> well Danny Rojas Danny Ho- Ro- Rojas is maybe possibly more positive than Ted Lasso <laughs> that could be actually he does he's a he's a good except when he Ted. killed that. well the, and then he he, he killed, he, the, he the, killed the, the mascot but um but okay so Ted though. I think is one of his really genius points has nothing really to do with his positivity. I don't think. Tell me if you disagree. Lay it on me. I th- I'm very intrigued by Ted's ability to see the big picture with respect to talent. Oh, absolutely. He ha- definitely has a great eye for talent. Even though he knew nothing about proper football, mm-hmm. he knew that Jamie Tart. Jamie Tart did it, did it, Jamie Tart did it, did it, did it, Tart did it, did it, did it, Jamie Tart did it, did it, did it, Jamie Tart. He knew that Jamie Tart was the finest athlete he'd ever coached. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's just a gifted athlete. He can see that. And he can see pretty much how the pieces should fit together for success. Not 100%. But he does have the wherewithal to bring on a staff that doesn't mirror him, but rather compliments him. Compliments him. him. Although, 
it remains to be seen how he's going to deal with evil Nate. With Nate, Nate, Nate the bad guy. Okay, so so one of the things that he does is he starts building up a coaching cohort around a coterie, him. Would you say? And he takes Nate, who was the kit man, and right. brings him on because Nate luckily has some good ideas. And yeah. I, and I think Nate understands the game. I think he fundamentally he understands, understands, the, understands game. the game. He knows the players, right? Right. So he has good insights as far as that goes. That's right. And then we have him bringing on eventually Roy Kent. Who's a fucking, he's a fucking genius. He's, he's, right? he's, ama- he was an amazing player at one time. Right. He, he's ending his career at Richmond. Yeah. He's in his last year. The first season was really his last year, his swan song. Yeah. And now in the second season, after some uh, fits and starts, Ted has lured him into, into, into be on the coaching staff. And he's to, proven his worth already. To the extent that the the sportscasters start noticing the Roy Kent effect. Right. Which, to be fair, do, I mean, he is. But also, the only reason that there is a Roy Kent effect is because Ted Lasso recognized, recognized his, that that's where yeah. he should go. So, in a way, Ted is kind of talent scouting his... His way out of a position a little bit. Well, no, but his talent is, I think, personnel. So we talked about Jamie Tart just a little bit. And one of the kind of interesting arcs in in the series is Jamie Tart's, which is, you know, he starts out and he's kind of, he's, you know. He's the prima donna. He's the prima donna. He's on loan from Chelsea. He is, you know, he's the one that's taking all the shots. He doesn't pass. He doesn't share. He's a, he's just a. Dick. He's all about himself. And he's very yeah. selfish. And yeah. then, you know, through um, different things happen and he get he's off the team and he comes back to the team. And he is now listening to Ted. Well, from the kickoff. Oh, City are back on the attack. There he is again. Oh, Tart loses Winchester with ease. It's only him and the goalkeeper. Oh, he makes the extra pass. Yeah! Right, but maybe the pendulum swung a bit too far. But now the pendulum has swung a bit too far, potentially. So there is where I see, like, okay, so Ted is thinking all team, all team, all team. Everybody, you know, be just a team player. Just take that, yep, yep. And Roy Kent comes in and says, You've made him a team player. You've got him to pass and shit. And in doing so, you've made him average. Because Jamie... Deep down, at your core, you are a prick. So just be a prick. We need you to score more goals and we need you to get in the other team's fucking heads and drive them up the fucking wall like only you can fucking do. So I can go back to being a prick? No. I'm saying sometimes, when it is appropriate, yes, be a prick. That's bollocks. You've coached... The, you've kind of coached the asshole out of him. Yeah. But he needs to be an asshole you, you sometimes. You Ted lassoed him. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so, so there's one place where maybe like an optimistic view, which is let's all, it's, a, you know, we're all a team. Yeah, there's yeah. no I in team. Pass, you know, spread it around. That's a, a place where maybe Ted had a little bit of a blind spot. But you also have to for accepting that advice from Roy. Oh, he, right? yeah, definitely. Well, the, and that goes back to his ability to, 
really understand talent. He's not his his ego isn't such that it's like all about him. He's really like, you know, like he knows his strengths and he knows everybody else's strengths. Right. But the one thing that I think he's hiding from are, are some of some of his weak points. And he's he's and that's and now we're at the point but where I'm we're gonna be. I'm not sure that those are necessarily professional weak points, although, you know, he may have some chinks in that armor. But it's really more personal, in my opinion. Well, maybe, but the personal is spilling over into the professional. Well, I mean, the you know, he guy. had to, he yeah. had to walk off the field that's because true. he was having that's a panic big, attack. Yeah, that's a big thing, right? So coaches are kind of expected to remain <laughs> yeah. on the field during the game. Yeah. So, um, so in in that sense, I think that he he he's going to be ultimately. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I, I wonder how. What was interesting to learn about Ted Lasso is that. All three seasons have been written. They know yeah. how the third season oh, is yeah. going to go. Oh yeah, they saw. I mean, they're not winging it. So yeah. there's a there's an arc that goes at least through three seasons and hopefully more because this is such it's such a fun show. Well, to let watch. me tell you how my personal uh, story arc went as a soccer player. <laughs> <laughs> I had a bit of a Jamie Tart moment. Oh, right? really? Because, first of all. So and, and this is that when they know, would call you Scrappy? Yes. Well, they didn't not to my face. <laughs> scrappy, Scrappy, do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I least favorite cartoon character. Oh, ever. he was the worst. He was horrible. He was like the cousin Oliver of cartoons. Yeah, he was. It was like, oh, okay. So Scooby Doo has jumped the shark. And we all agree with that. Yeah. So anyway, but every kind of decent player coming up was always at one point or another the best player on their team. Right. When they're playing like youth soccer or whatever. Uh -huh. And you're the guy who takes the ball and dribbles it through 35 people and uh -huh. scores the goal and expects your team to celebrate you. Right. When they're really like, oh, you know, I was wide open, whatever. Yeah. But it, it is very difficult for those players to find that balance between this like and this is what this episode pointed out between being that team player, which is good. Yeah. Right. You should be a team player, uh -huh. but also knowing when to allow your talent to take over and you just have to be kind of a dick. You have to be cocky. You have to be aggressive and selfish a little bit mm -hmm. for the betterment of the team. And that's what Roy pointed out to Ted, mm -hmm. who was always like team, team, team. Now keep in mind, Ted played a, Ted coached a sport that was even less individualistic than soccer. Right. Right. Because, you know, in football, there's 3,500 moving parts on every play. Hand, hand egg. Yeah, hand, good old hand egg. Um, and one player can't always make as much of a difference. I mean, you have the quarterback, of course, but doesn't make as much of a difference as a great soccer player can. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's an interesting growth for him that he saw, oh, okay, yeah, sometimes you have to be, you know, selfish. Now, we'll see if that ever translates into his personal life, mm -hmm. but at least he's realized it on the team level. And if this may be, this series may be a study of where he'll learn it on the soccer field and then see if it applies to his life. Right? Uh -huh. So he's already learned that, you know, pure positivity doesn't work in football, mm -hmm. proper football. Mm -hmm. And he's learned that sometimes you can be a dick. And succeed, and mm -hmm. that's what everybody needs from you. Right. Or you can be selfish and succeed. So we'll see if that, you know, works itself out. He's maybe seen that, you know, working through the negativity in a way other than just jokes mm -hmm. might work 
you know, but we'll see. We'll see. And and now he's like got- you couldn't joke your way through Danny Rojas killing the mascot. No, no, yeah. but no, 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 you I, you really couldn't. But also, I think that they were able to put that into a perspective much faster than Danny could, because oh, sure. Danny obviously was the one that killed him. All right. So in recent episodes, we have seen a shift in one of the main characters who was always a very likable guy and somebody that Ted boosted up. We mentioned him before, who's Nate, who was the kit man. And now he's he's, now he's a, evil. Nate. He's, he's a, a coach, but he's. He's mean Nate. Um, and Nate has had a taste of celebrity yes. because of a decision he made when Ted walked off the field. Go on. I got this. Looks like the coaching staff are panicking, Arlo. Stoppage time now, and Richmond are completely dropping back. They're playing very defensively. For a draw, it's a big mistake, Arlo. You're the underdog. You're at home. You go for the win. Wait! Disaster for Spurs! A slip by Barnett, and Richmond are on the counterattack! Obby Sandy looks a perfect diagonal ball to Tarn. He shoots! Tarn buries it in the back of the net! Nate is a kind of unassuming guy, but he's there. People are trying to help him bolster his confidence. Right. Now things may Maybe have gone, gone a little bit too far. Gone too far, and so it's gone he, a bit to his head. So he's he's been quite mean to certain of the players, and he's just being a jerk. Beard has talked to him about it right. and said, "Hey, you're being a dick. Don't do it." Yeah. And then um, now, and and his concern at that point, Nate's was, "Did you tell Ted?" Right. And Beard said, nope, this is between the two of us. Now, Ted is going to have to be put into this position. Yeah, because right now this is all off of his radar. The, Ted doesn't aware, isn't aware of it. So now here is perhaps one person who he, and we don't know. We don't know that this has never happened before in his coaching right. career. All we know is that he has been spot on about all of his personnel choices and right. his judgment in terms of character of the people that he brings along with him and who that he promotes. And now here's one that maybe... It's a bad apple. It, and it could be, but how will Ted... I wonder how Ted will respond to that. With a joke? Maybe. Folksy will story. He, will he? I don't know. Let me tell you about a time when... Well, he might be, and he no. might... It depends, I suppose. It depends on how much Nate really admires Ted versus how much Nate needs that ego... Right. Boost, you know. Right. So, like, how flawed I mean, Nate is Nate? Is, Nate is the incel nerd. He really is. Who, and he's got a very mean father. Yeah. Well, a cold father. Yeah. Yeah. And his mother's very doting. Yeah. Right. Which is, you know, I mean, classic incel, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he hasn't gotten a girlfriend yet, so we'll see if that happens. Well, and may, and maybe he won't. But I think really the the this is going to be an interesting confrontation that Ted is going to have to have. Absolutely. So he's going to, at some point, have to confront me, Nate, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Evil Nate. Uh, It's possible that Nate will uh, grow a goatee, (laughs) which is pretty characteristic of evil people. Oh, my God. So if next episode you see Nate sporting any kind of, honestly, any kind of facial hair at all, uh, just go, God, Mark predicted that shit, didn't he? Oh Lord. All right. So, um, so I'll be interested to see how, how that storyline progresses. I'm certainly interested to see how, um, how Ted's progresses, 
But what I originally thought when I first started watching this, which is this is just going to be kind of a light big, and, endless, and easy to watch. Endless parade of positivity. And it and it is, but I think that it's a deeper program than, than people God. maybe gave it credit yeah, for. Thank God. Um, way more interesting. It definitely is. And and what was what's kind of ironic is that there's been a lot of critical chatter about how the second season is just nowhere near as well, good or interesting stupid, as the first. And I and I think the that they conclusion. just they just didn't look hard enough at what was actually happening. So I think though the people that are complaining about it are being a little bratty. You know, like, oh, we just like the positivity. Just give us that. You know, like, give us the pablum. Give us the, give us, you know, we just want a mainline positivity because it's been a tough couple of years. But you know what? Be okay with a complex storyline. Well, you know, I, be a grown up, I guess is what I'm saying. And see, the reviews that I read about the second season were that it just really wasn't as good as the first because there just was no real tension. It was just, it's all just positivity and it doesn't, well, there's no real tension. Then that, they're not paying attention. And then they're not paying attention. And I don't, so, and, I, and I don't think, you know, they're like, simpletons. No, but saying. I think that people now are starting to see that it's actually much more complex and and going back and people are doing that. Yeah. So there are, you know, on the online communities, they're going back and I did it. We did it. We watched oh, again didn't. the couple of first, oh, yeah, well, the first the couple first of episodes one. again to see like when does this really when does manifest this manifest anyway. So I think that he um I think that you see it actually if you go back and you watch the first couple of episodes you see yeah. where this the cracks are already there. Right. Well, you pointed out very correctly the the weird hand fidgety thing yeah right? yeah because his, his hands get tingly and he's, and he's starting yeah. to get a panic attack yeah. and he doesn't he's not understanding necessarily what that is it seems like this is the first time stuff like this yeah, is happening if you ignore to it, him. maybe it'll go away but Tell um jokes yeah so he cheers is, so this is i think it's going to be court. i think it's going to be more serious than you, we expected however i do think that it is overwhelmingly a positive show. I don't oh, think that this, I don't think that this is going to take a left turn into no, it's like not serious become the Sopranos. <laughs> you know, well, like, I, I don't think wait. Coach Beard is going to take out a hit <laughs> no. on Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is going to break bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, you know what? You know, I could really make some money. Math. I can make some money. Math. I like math. You know, be curious about math. <laughs> about math. <laughs> That's hilarious. That Ted, can we like... maybe sugarcoat that? Meth. It's just meth. <laughs> it's just meth. No, I think that that could be some merch. Yeah. We've got two really good merch ideas now. <laughs> Man so? overboard. And Man. then be curious about meth. About meth. No, I don't think we'd wear that one around. No. People might have a problem with that. Uh, maybe our... not sending the right message to our fan base. <laughs> All right. So we will come back to this uh, show. Pro uh, gummies. We'll, we'll do. That right now, <laughs> we'll come back to this show in yeah. the future when the yeah. last couple. I think that there are twelve episodes, and I think we're hit, heading into well, episode I think we'll eight. Do, maybe do a season two retrospective. Would yeah, you maybe say? maybe we can do that. A season two retrospective, um, and that will be more spoiler laden. And uh, by the way, we haven't really. In case you can't tell, we love Ted Lasso. <laughs> we love that show. <laughs> we do as much as Yacht Rock. Maybe more. Maybe more. <laughs> well, you know. So, all right. Thank you for coming and listening to us, everyone. We appreciate. Appreciate it. Join us on social media. Yep. Don't forget Gen X TempCon 2021. <laughs> no, there's no such thing. $345 guys, each. Come on. No. Pony up, bitches. All right. Okay, everyone. Um, Have I, a I, great uh, week and, uh, you know, I don't know. This is buy getting, tickets very, to the con. getting very long. These outros are just, it's like it's rambling. You have the power of the edit button. Quick Mark. Crying. 
I'm going to say good night. Cheer up. <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> good night, everybody. Bye. Peace out, Cub Scouts. Wow. Do you have any signs that this is going to be more serious than You love than my it vocabulary. Is? I mean, isn't that amazing that I just banged it right onto that? The correct word there. <laughs> Isn't that great? God, Isn't it great to be around me? Oh my God. Well, <laughs> it's like a party. I of, mean, of, I don't know, greatness and intellect. Uh, uh, Constantly. It's like a grammatical smorgasbord. <laughs> yes. Um, wow. Jen X Tempore. Wait, what am I saying? Why am I, I saying know. the name? name God the, damn what's it. your name? Oh, Jesus. All right. No, Jesus isn't my name. No, what? I didn't think so. <laughs> wow. But whatever. All right. Um, Complex, maybe. Okay. Wow. Too bad this you isn't on video. You got a Yeah, I, I do. I have, I, so the, here's a thing that you guys should maybe know about me. I don't know if you should or not, but I do have a stash of mustaches. Yes, Mark. I have a bag. I literally have a bag of mustaches. Mark sometimes goes incognito. Yeah.